God be the glory. To God be the glory. I've never seen anything like that in all my years. Well, dear God, what's holding us back? It ain't God. Amen. It's us. Preacher, you mean I got to shout like that and I got to do like that? That ain't what I'm saying. That ain't what I'm saying. And I think a lot of times we stand down on God because we're afraid of what other people will say if we lift our hands to worship Him. We quench the Spirit of God because we're too, we're, 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 we're just too, you from hallelujah it does not matter what other people think about you our young people are watching the world right now they're watching the world and the world is just dragging them in amen to a place of darkness you better believe our young people need to see holy ghost heaven sent revival in our churches and in our lives and they need to experience the holy ghost and they need to be saved and sanctified and filled with the holy ghost and they need to know that there is nothing in this world that is worth trading in your soul for the king of glory amen in their life they need to know somebody said well preacher you're too you're too church of god this ain't church of god this is full gospel holy ghost sin heaven sent amen this is bible this has no denomination on it this is the bible and if we'll read our bible it'll put a hunger in our hearts and a thirst in our soul for more of god if we'll read our bible today Turn with me, if you will, quickly to the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm going to share with you from the Word of God there. Amen. People try to, sometimes while you're turning there, I've, I've seen people say, We're here. You can jump and shout and you can do all those things and roll around in the floor, but when you get through, you better live right. That's true. Don't use that as an excuse to make fun and mock. Amen. A good move of God. If somebody wants to run and dance and shout, amen to God. Let them do it. Hallelujah. Sometimes I I may want to do it. I did a little bit of it myself. I told Angie, I thought I was going to jump through the ceiling there one night. The Holy Ghost got on me. I'm telling you what a good feeling it was. You're absolutely right. When we get through shouting up in here, we better be living right out there. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, verse 42 through 47. 
Word of God said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want to preach from this thought this morning as God would just use this vessel. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. For those of you who God has set a fire down in your soul this week in revival, amen, it's our responsibility to God and to ourselves to keep the fire burning. We have a responsibility for our young people to see, amen, that there is power in serving God. It's not just a thought or the right thing to do, but God is real and he is tangible and you can feel him and you can touch him and he can flow through you and he can move in you and he can save you, he can deliver you, he can heal you. That God is more than just a name and a, and a storybook and the right thing to do. You can feel him, you can talk to him, you can have an experience with him. Amen, that will forever change your life. Father, we ask, ask you this morning to hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, that you would use this vessel today to speak to your people, that every ear would, would be anointed to hear and hearts to receive your word. And, and God, it's our desire that you not let us go back to the same old, same old, but Father, that you carry us by your spirit and by your anointing and, and work in us in the now and in the today and guide us, Lord, as we move into the future. Should the Lord tarry, God has come that you would uh, show us where to go, what to do, and how to step. And Father, let us walk in obedience to that. Let us not look back into yesterday, uh, Father, to hold on to that, uh, which sometimes uh, will not go on in our tomorrows. Let us rejoice over the things you've done in the past, uh, and let us anticipate and expect uh, what you're going to do in the now and in the tomorrows uh, as we walk with you, as we follow Father, follow your leading. God, I pray that you would sanctify, God, those that have been saved and fill them with the Holy Ghost, God, fresh and anew. I pray that if anyone's lost, that there'll be such a fire burning upon our lives individually and as a church that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would draw them to a saving knowledge of you. I pray that you would equip our church to not just sit on the corner of how 770 and Sneed Road but we'd be a lighthouse for this community. We'd be a powerhouse. Amen. Against the devil. We would not just be a church in name only but a church where God Almighty Amen reigns. Where his presence fills our house and the fire of God is upon our church and lives are being changed. Let not our church be a statistic God but let us follow be that which brings glory and honor to you. Let every devil in hell tremble. Every witch that rides through the parking lot to put a spell on a car, let them tremble at the anointing and the fire upon the church. Father, when they ride by and they see the building that they feel a better radiating power of your glory in the building. God, I promise today I ask you to protect us from the witchcraft that the enemy has tried to design against the church. Protect us, oh God, from every spell, from every root. Oh God, I know that your word said that in the last days, he bad that many would take up serpents and they would not harm them. God, deliver us from the hand of the enemy that we might go forward in glory and power power in our life. 
God, that spirit of witchcraft that is coming against churches everywhere. And Lord, that you've made us aware is riding in our parking lots while service is going on and, and trying to cast spells on our, on our cars and on our people. I break every spell in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I plead the blood over our church. I plead the blood over our people. I plead the blood over the blessings that you've given them. I plead the blood over their provisions. I plead the blood. Oh, God, I pray now that you would stir us and awaken us to a reality that causes us not to just exist as a people, but, God, that we would desire the more of you and the power of your glory in our hearts and in our lives name of Jesus and everybody said amen I feel a prayer going on in this house in my heart I feel the Holy Ghost somebody say I'm gonna get scared I don't want to get scared I don't want to get don't be scared the reality is amen there's a whole lot of things going on out there in the spiritual world of darkness that we need to be aware of we had revival this week, didn't we? We had a Holy Ghost, heaven-sent, blood-bought, life-changing revival. As I said before, from bishop to bishop, we've seen God move as he spoke through their lives. The power of the Word of God, divinely inspired, pews were filled with praise and worship from one end to the other. Oh, glory, I, I'm glad somebody took some pictures. I, I enjoy just looking back at that. It was refreshing. Amen. As you begin to see people of every walk of life, uh, from every denomination, as they gathered together, amen, to, to just worship God. It was a glorious feeling. It was inspiring to see, amen, people passionately desiring an outpouring of God's presence and anointing in their souls being revived. There was a fresh move of God that was poured out over our church this last week. There was a fresh move of God and a fresh anointing. And then the altars were filled with people who just dared to believe that God was able to do whatever they needed in their life, to minister to their life. There was so much that happened in this revival. If you were to just give somebody an opportunity to testify, there would be great, great glory and praise coming from the hearts of those that were here and how God touched their heart and moved in their life. And, oh, Oh, I thank God when I begin to think about what he did for me in this revival. I know, amen, that it's been a long time since I felt what I felt when I felt what I felt this week. But thank God today, amen, that I came not to see a preacher. I didn't come, amen, to see who was singing. I came to say, God, fill my heart and fill my life with a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you the same God that spoke through every man he met in this revival is the same God that speaks through men and women everywhere. Thank God for them and what God did with them in this season. Amen. But Tommy Bates ain't here now. Amen to God. Bishop Dole's not behind the podium at the moment. And Bishop Ainsworth ain't here. But God Almighty, he bet is in the building. Can somebody shout feel the Holy Ghost. Can somebody shout amen? You say, preacher, you're trying to make yourself feel better. No, I'm not. We got too many people following preachers instead of following God. We got too many people following people and men and women of God. Amen. It's okay to follow, but not to the degree that God is not leading you. Glory to God. We have got to get to a place where we're going after him, and we're not going after church. We're not going after after ministries, we're not going after positions, but we're going after God. And if we'll go after God, he'll put us where he wants us in the name of Jesus. We got a problem now. We've had revival.
It's been good. More than good. I thought about that. I remember back in the day when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and we'd go to church. Man, it wasn't nothing to see church like that every Sunday. You walk in the building, you couldn't hear the praise team for the congregation. Come on, somebody. Amen. I remember stepping out the daring church of God, first Pentecostal church I ever went to. I remember stepping out on the grounds, and for some reason I was late that day, just a few minutes. But I heard some noise coming from the inside of the sanctuary. I felt it on my feet as I walked across that concrete. My hands began to tremble as I walked to the front door. I heard such a wonderful, beautiful noise coming from that sanctuary. But it wasn't from the praise team. He meant to God alone. It was from the congregation who was singing right along the praise team. Amen. They were sending up a praise and a glory unto God in song that was lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. As you stepped into the sanctuary, you felt, amen, the glory of God in the building. Thank God today I want to remind you, you don't have to wait to have revival to have that in your sanctuary and in your church. Dear God, somebody, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's time to say, Lord, I surrender all. I want you to have your way in my life and in my church. Set my soul on fire and set my church on fire for the glory of my God, for the glory of God again. We got a problem. What's that problem? The devil don't like what happened last week. He ain't happy. He don't like the excitement in your spirit. He don't like the passion of your soul for God. He don't like the fire God has set upon your life. And he don't like the fire of God that has been set upon your church. How do you know that, preacher? <laughs> because he has not changed. He's been the same yesterday. He's been the same in every generation. His tactics have been the same. He's devised a plan to try to hinder the work of God. He's devised a plan to try to put the fire out of the church and of the individual lives. He's devised a plan. He never liked it. He doesn't like it, so he does everything he can. He meant to try to stop it. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8, Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roar line seeking whom he may devour. Preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Peter. He was warning people in that day. Oh, this was after the upper room experience. This was after many who had been baptized in the Holy Ghost and was set afire for God. Peter come along and I said, and said, I want you to be sober. I want you to be vigilant. You got to understand something. Just because you're filled with the fire of God don't mean your adversary ain't going bother you. Ain't going to hinder you. Ain't going to try to stop you. He said, I want you to be vigilant. His plan has never changed. You know what we got to understand is if we know what to do, he cannot succeed in our life. And if we do what we know to do, he cannot succeed in our life. We have a responsibility to God and ourselves, church, to be vigilant. Touch somebody around you and tell them, be vigilant. In other words, keep a watch. 
Keep a watch over that which is uh, is dangerous to your spiritual man, to your spirit man, and to your soul. Keep a watch over the dangers. This is the very definition from the Webster Dictionary. But I want to tell somebody I feel anointing in this house. I want to tell somebody that vigilant from the biblical definition goes a little bit further. And it makes us a little bit more clear. It's that being vigilant was not only to watch out for the dangers, but also to look for the places of safety in the midst of that danger. Hey, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm saying this. We're not just to be looking out for the dangers the enemy brings our way. We should be searching just as intently in our vigilance for the places of safety that God has provided for us in our life. In other words, the enemy may come in danger, may come, but there is a place of safety that will keep you in the midst of it all. You've got to hear that again. There is a place of safety. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Touch somebody and tell them there's a place of safety. I'm going to get free now. I'm fat free. Did the church say amen? I'm fat and free. Glory to God. There is a place within our life that we understand and we recognize that Peter said we must be vigilant. If we have the heart for God, he's going to do his part. And this is all critical in our Christianity because your life was not meant to be some dead declaring Christian sitting on a pew. The devil loves you because you ain't doing nothing for the kingdom. You get mad at me? I'm going to preach what God gave me. If you ain't doing nothing for God, you're playing footsie with the devil. And he loves you. But the minute you get up and you get engaged and you begin to let your life Amen. Be a burning testimony of the goodness of God for all humanity. You rub the devil the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not lost. I just want you to get this. Everything we had happen this last week, we ought to keep having. And I'm going to tell you how to keep having it. And that is to get out of our place of do nothing and let the burning fire of God fill us again, his spirit fill us again, and maintain it. And I'm going to tell you how to maintain it in a few moments. Amen. But don't you quit. Don't just sit back because you feel uneasy. My goodness, I've had to press on through the walls and through the storms of many a day. Amen. I had to press on through opposition of the enemy many a day. But I I promise you, there's a fresh anointing on the other side. There's a fresh move of God on the other side. Glory to God. And I'm going to get there in Jesus' name. We got to understand our life was not meant to be, meant to be a burning, uh, 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 our life was meant to be a burning testimony of the goodness of God. In your church was meant to be burning with the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I ain't lost. Your church was not meant to be a social club. It was not meant to Mimic government clubs. It was meant to be 
the house of God, the place where we come together to worship, to be discipled, to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be saved, to be healed, and to see the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Ghost operating in the church. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Tongues, prophecy. He meant to God. Healing. Oh, glory. God wants to let all the gifts of the Spirit flow into the church. Revival postures us. Amen. To allow him to refresh us and renew us again to the place where we yield to the Holy Ghost in our life and in our church. God will send it, but we've got to pray for the heart of God to maintain it and go forward in it. (laughs) Oh, God, help us. And if we don't do our part, guess what? The fire eventually dies down. And if we keep allowing the distractions of the enemy, amen, to dominate our lives, eventually we become faint-hearted and weary. And not only does the fire die down, but eventually it dies out. And when it dies out, this is what happens. Churches split. Churches Churches close. Amen. People walk away from the gospel. People lose their praise. They forget about the testimony of God in their life. They lose their shout. They lose their zeal. And they quit on God. Oh, goodness, this morning you got to understand that God is not wanting you to lose your song. He don't want you to lose your shout. He don't want you to lose amen that fire that's burning within your life that he placed there you need it and God put it there for a great kingdom purpose in your life somebody give him glory what turned lives around impacted communities was not the rituals of religion. It was not the repetitive church ministries in themselves, but it was the power of the Holy Ghost working through the hearts of surrender and desire. That's why he sent the power. He told them in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He knew they couldn't be the church without the life-giving power of the Spirit existing, amen, and being given to them. They would only just exist in name. They knew it was going to take, he knew it was going to take the Holy Ghost and fire for them to get the job done. I want to tell you it still takes the Holy Ghost and fire to get the job done. We, 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 we do program after program. I've preached this before, but I'm going to say it again. Program after program. Keep doing it. Nothing wrong with it. Amen. But I want to tell you what we need more than programs, programs and better ways and better ways is people on their knees saying, God, send a fresh move of your Holy Ghost in my life again and in my church. Amen to God. This is what draw. This is the ministry. Amen to God. It may be a program that gets a lost family member to church. It may be a program that gets a lost friend to church. But it'll be the Holy Holy Ghost that draws him to the altars of prayer and saves him. Amen. Thank God for programs, but we need the fire of the Holy Ghost in our churches. I'm telling you what the fire will do. It will shine bright upon the darkest places. People 
who forgot that God can heal will find out he can heal. People who forgot that God can work things out of their life will find out that God can still work things out of their life. And see, what the problem is is there's an enemy who don't want it. The early church believers enjoyed the time of ministry before the crucifixion with Christ. They did. Could you imagine living in that day and seeing your Savior as he walks across the waters? Miraculous event took place that night. Could you imagine following him as he steps out on the shore of Gennesaret? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God, help us. And finds that there are people, amen, to God who were being miraculously delivered by his ministry. Could you imagine as he goes, amen, into Galilee and into Jerusalem and all these places and see the great and powerful and mighty ministry of God? Could you imagine how wonderful it was to be there and know it didn't matter what the Pharisees said? It didn't matter what the Sadducees said. It didn't matter what the naysayers said. Amen. The Son of God was in my presence. Amen. And I see the power he comes with and they can keep on talking, do whatever they want to do. But he ain't going to let nothing happen because I see he's got all power in his hands and he's seen lives change. He's seen glory. You're talking about revival when thousands and thousands of people show up to hear a word from heaven. Amen. And get saved. And then Jesus turns around and says, hey, we ain't gonna let them go home. We gotta feed them. He said not only did he feed them spiritually, he went ahead and took the, the small amount of food that a young boy had Amen, two fish, amen, uh, two loaves and, and three fish, uh, five fish, Lord help me, my mind's going everywhere. But he multiplied it, glory to God, and he fed the multitude to that day. Miraculously, what a revival that was taking place in his life. And then came the Garden of Gethsemane. As they're there, the soldiers come to arrest Christ. Christ did not evade them. He did not work power of heaven to stop them. At this place, he became, as Isaiah declared and prophesied, a lamb to the slaughter. He had spoken with his disciples and told them that he must die. Peter didn't want to receive that, but Jesus said, get behind me. He becomes a lamb to the slaughter. And here in this moment, here in this very place, Peter begins to see his heart become saddened. His spirit become overwhelmed as they take Jesus away. The disciples scatter and Peter finds himself warming his hands by the fire and he finds himself being accused of being one who was there with Jesus during his ministry and he said, oh no, that wasn't me. Peter became afraid. He became afraid of what the world was going to say. There's some people afraid to praise God because of what the world is going to say. You warming your hands by the wrong fire, but you need to lift your hands and say, yes, I'm a child of God. I'm saved, sanctified. I'm not afraid. But we've allowed ourselves like Peter to let the world determine our worship. Let the world determine how we're going to live. They became a, they came to a sad place after the crucifixion of Christ. They were all still sad. They knew what Jesus said, but they were broken. They were weary. But one day, amen, they found out Jesus was alive. 
He's not in that tomb anymore. All of a sudden, their hearts begin to leap. And they take off running to go see, was Jesus truly alive? Oh, I'm telling somebody today, amen, through this experience, their hearts begin to lift. Jesus was getting them ready. He bed, and after 40 days of living on earth and ministering to, to his disciples, he meant to God he finds himself going up in preparation to leave this world. And he leaves them with some commands. And one of the commands is the great commission to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Oh, he meant to God but he understood that they could not do this without the power of the Holy Ghost. They could not do this without, amen, the life-giving power of heaven. It was God's church, and God was going to have to give it life. I was on my way to church this morning, and I thought about how God created Adam and Eve, but they were just nothing but bodies till he breathed inside of them and gave them the ability to live and to get up. I want to tell you, it's God's church. And Jesus knew it, that he bought the church with the blood that he shed on Calvary. But I want somebody to understand right now, it was the Holy Spirit of God that gave the church life and gave it power. Come on, somebody. And we got to be the church today. Come on to the keyboard if you will, please. Three things real quick I want to share with you. If you want to keep your fire, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 said, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What does that mean? They, they embraced Word of God. Many are acquainted with the Word, but that's not enough. You have got to have a desire to hear and apply God's Word to your life. You could, can't just expect the preacher to give it to you. You can't expect to get it in Sunday school alone. you got to be getting in God's Word saying, Lord, speak to my life. A lot of what God does in speaking to our hearts, he speaks through his word. From Genesis to Revelation. And you got to let God not only speak it to you as you read it and listen to it and study it, but then you've got to apply it to your life. said be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God if you want to be transformed from glory to glory and into his glory don't just be acquainted with the word hunger for his word and apply it to your life and live obediently strive to live obediently by his word and his Holy Spirit convictions over your life Number two, stand with me if you will. Don't forsake fellowship with other true Christians. I like what Pastor said the other day. He said, you know, we can go to Walmart, we can go every other place, and all these kind of things, and this, that, and the other. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely right. But we can also go to church. Also, it ain't just about going to church, but we can also fellowship with God's people outside the church. We can. The church is not the only place that we do fellowship on Sunday. We can have a connection with God's people through phone conversation, through text. There's so many ways and avenues now. My Lord, you don't have to go buy stamps and send a letter anymore. Pick up your phone and text. Amen. 
God said they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. We gotta have relationships with one another. The early church needed this as well because they were faced with perilous times. They were faced with such great opposition and they needed each other. Not only needed God, they need each other. Can I tell you, we need each other. We don't just need God, we need him above all, but we need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need our brothers and sisters. We need that fellowship. I'm condensing this this morning. But the third thing that God laid on my heart is simply this. Is that we have got to develop and maintain or maintain if it's already developed an intentional prayer life. something that's forced not something that's for show but a prayer life that's intentional what do you mean by that one in which you are surrendered to the sovereignty of God the Bible said they continued in the apostles doctrine and fellowship breaking of bread and of prayers let me be honest with you, and, and, and you know it's the truth. We ain't going to do nothing without prayer. We ain't going to do nothing without prayer. Prayer is a, a time of humbling ourselves before God and being honest with God, saying, God, here I am in all my human humanity and all you've created me to be. And yet I need you in my life to work your will in my life. Come on, somebody. The word said that God don't have any, that does not need anyone to testify of man, for he already knows what was in a man. knows if your prayers don't reflect humility, if they don't reflect, reflect honesty, he knows all these things. But we've got to have a prayer life if we're going to keep the fire of God burning within our life. And that prayer life requires honesty with God, humility. It requires a boldness that says, God, I may not have seen my prayer answered today, but I'm going to keep on praying until I hear from heaven. If it takes days, if it takes weeks, if it takes months and even years I'm going to pray what do you mean by that I mean a lot of times the fire dies out when the prayers die out when discouragement sets in from the enemy but he's real. Your emotions don't determine his existence. All creation determines his existence. Don't let your prayer life fade away. Remain consistent. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without Just at the altars of the sanctuary. I 
mean it's time to get an intentional prayer life in our homes. Come on, somebody. Find that closet of prayer that we can close ourselves up in daily. Amen. And come before our God and keep the fire stirred within our life that we engage in the church again, that we walk in wisdom, but that we do not let the enemy drive us away from the sanctuary of God based off emotion or feelings, but but, but to come together in the truth of God's word and the gospel, amen, and in the power of God. Our job as a church is not to come in and create a religious structure or a religious form. Our ultimate job is to come in seeking the outpouring of God's Spirit upon everyone. Upon every one of us and all our ministries, extended ministries, our purpose is not to come in and pick apart the preacher and pick apart the Sunday school teacher and pick apart the praise team and pick apart the ministries. Our job is to come in, amen, and come alongside of each one of them and say, I'm praying for you. Amen. And I'm standing with you in grace and glory of God. We've had revival. But the problem is the devil don't like it. And I remember a song when I was a kid many years ago. I remember a song saying if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tank. Amen. If the devil don't like it, so what? I didn't get in the ministry to be some well-known man, somebody, amen. I didn't get saved, amen, because somebody told me it was the right thing to do. Amen to God. I realize I'm nothing without him, and I can never be anything without him. And this church will never be, no church will ever be anything unless he breathes on us. And if we're going to let the world back us in a corner, amen, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves and say I'm the blood bought church. I'm part of the blood bought church. I'm part of the blood bought church. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen to God. Somebody shout glory. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. God, somebody. I'm feeling him up in here. Well, preacher, you preach too long. Y'all sing too many songs. I don't like the way you dress so worried about the things that don't matter, we're missing out on what does matter. I won't quit. But 
I will tell you what I'm tired of. I'm tired of hearing everything that you think is wrong instead of everything God says is right for the glory of God. If you want to find a problem, honey, you can find a problem. But what you ought to be doing is finding God's glory moving in your life and change the way you see and pray for your name. It don't matter what you like and what you don't like. Amen. If you can't find it in the Word of God and show it to me, amen, then drop it and get on your knees and say, Lord, have your way. Preach, you preach to me, preach to you. You're always talking about the hard things. That's what you want to know why. Because people have succumbed to the enemy. why we don't have what we had is this last week revival consistently it's because we have given up on our prayer life we have let fellowship take a back seat in our life with the body of Christ come on now and we take the word of God for granted same Lord that saved you told Peter get thee behind me Satan Amen It's time we quit wearing our feelings on our shoulders and say God if it's truth let me surrender to it and fire. Amen. Till Jesus comes and I want to maintain that in my life. I want to walk in the power of his grace and in his glory. I want God amen to let our church be a light like it's never been before. I still go ahead and sing. Go ahead and sing. Go ahead and sing. Amen. If you got some praise team singers here, y'all come on in. Do whatever you need to do. But go ahead and sing. Just lift your hands and surrender today and say, God, here I am. Lord, if I lift my hands to you as a sign of surrender, I lift my hands to you because this is my desire. I lift my hands to you because nothing else will do. Thank <laughs> you. 
said no I'm waiting on one of my brothers or sisters in Christ to come help me I got to thinking about that thing and I said how often does God work through people whether they're saved or whether they're not to bring glory to heaven then my mind went to a story many of you probably read or wrote, maybe it's not wrote, I wrote a story or sent it to somebody, I don't know, but it's a very popular story about a man who was in a flood, and he was on top of the roof, and the waters kept getting deeper and deeper, and he kept praying, God, send help, send help. Waters kept getting deeper, boat come by. Boat said, come on, sir, we want to help you. No, no, no. No, I'm waiting on God. Then another boat come by and he said, no, no, I'm waiting on God. Then God sent a helicopter down and said, no, no, I'm waiting on God. But the waters came up and he drowned. All of the moral of the story is, it's better to walk in faith than it is to be religious. He got to heaven, and I don't know how they got the rest of the story down to earth, but he got to heaven and he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, son, I sent two boats and a helicopter and you refused them. The words of Bishop Mike Ainsworth, we can either walk in faith or we can have control, but we can't have both. We can't have both. God has Brother Buddy, if he will, to ask God to be with us tonight. We, as Sister Angie said, begin back with our small group classes and we're going to continue tonight. And here at the sanctuary, we're talking about our testimony. So I hope that you'll make plans to come and be with us. You'll be a great 